Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast, your personal echo chamber of hating everything and liking nothing. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today, we're going to talk our top five of 2021 and a handful of superlatives. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch a show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. I don't know what we're going to talk about in the side quests this week, but probably our top five food and drink of the year, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a bit. Didn't think uh, about as- that. <laughs> As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to our Twitch channel uh, using your free Amazon Prime subscription. If you don't want to use your own money, use that Amazon Prime money. And take a little bit away from Jeff Bezos and give it to us. So that we, too, can fly to the moon on your money and brag about it to your face. (laughs) In a penis-shaped rocket. In a giant phallic rocket. (laughs) It's not Anyways, just phallic. Alex. It is it, quite. Literally, it literally looks like a giant penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's great. It had the the deep vein and everything in the backside, <laughs> the whole bit. Uh, Alex, any any bumpers for the network? Yes, uh, over on Horror Movie Yearbook, they've been putting out a lot of stuff. So on uh, the twenty third, their twenty twenty one holiday spectacular went live. That's where they talk about Christmas Evil, a Christmas related horror movie. Uh, and then Tim put out an honor roll episode where he's playing catch up, probably watching a lot of movies before making the Tim's list, like the Dean's list, but it's the Tim's list. The Tim's <laughs> list. Uh, uh, in between those episodes, there's a tiny tear out with some 2021 yearbook superlatives from them, including cutest couple, most athletic, most likely to fall down and trip during graduation. Please check that out. And then, uh, yeah, the Tim's List is the most recent episode that came out. So please Man. give them some love. Check it out. What a bunch of overachievers. They really make us look bad. Yeah, I know. I know. I feel like I'm, I'm twiddling my thumbs over here. I'd like, I'd like to talk about The Matrix on a Film Nerds, and then I'm like, I don't. I'm not going to schedule anybody to talk about Yeah, it's about like they stuff. actually enjoy doing this or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to actually play games for my game podcast. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. But anyway, horror movie yearbook, check them out. Um, and yeah, that's it for now. Cool. Um, I don't know if you guys have actually played anything new per se, or if you just want to like jump into our top fives. I'm not. We we hadn't quite discussed this, but yeah, I haven't really played anything. Brian's probably played stuff. I mean, yeah, I played the usual stuff, but I also tried to cram for my uh, exams here. <laughs> meaning game of the year um so i i played a couple things like uh death's door yeah which is kind of zelda-esque like old school zelda-esque yes i guess you could say top down um well it's isometric it's not top down whatever it's really <laughs> still it's, from the top but tilted to the side yeah three quarters of a view which is isometric but anyway uh <laughs> yeah i i've also been playing some death's door which i i think i brought up last time maybe not i can't remember um but uh it's a very pretty game and it's made by like a two-man team and published by devolver so uh mm. it's it's very 
That's very cool. Yeah. I, um, I'll say real quick, I played it on my TV for like the first time yesterday, and I was like, wow, this soundtrack is actually really sweet. Um, nice. So, yeah. But anyway, Brian, what are your I thoughts? picked it up on the Epic Game Store, so I just played it on my monitor. Um, but yeah, looks good. Uh, sounds good. The music sounds good in the headphones. And uh, I don't know. I'll probably check it out some more. I'm not like super keen on the hack and slash combat so far, but I'm it probably gets a little more involved at some point. The bosses I feel like the the two or so that I've found so far, like the mechanics for them were a little mundane, like repetitive and kinda My it, guess is it took too probably long. have not faced a boss yet. Because I faced my first boss yesterday, and I've probably played about four hours of the game or so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The combat doesn't necessarily feel great. I think it gets better as you start upgrading some of the things you can upgrade with the things the, with the currency that you collect, which are probably souls, but it's not, I wouldn't call it a souls-like. But it is kind of punishing, um... In terms of like, you never are staggering your enemies, um, and so yeah. it gets a little difficult. Like you don't really interrupt any of their attacks or anything like that. You gotta know when to dodge roll away. It is very much like a the the uh, the bottom button on the switch controller makes you dodge, and so you can dodge in to attack and then dodge out. There's also like charge attacks and and um, dash attacks as well. But uh, it, yeah, it doesn't. It's just gotten frustrating for me in some cases, but I've still been... I've, I enjoy it more now than I did in the early parts of the game, so. Cool. I also picked up Inscription and started that, and that's pretty fun. Um, There's a couple things that, like, my, minor things that irritated me at first, but I figured out... <laughs> You're going to think it's really dumb, actually. Um, but it was, like, very unintuitive to me to, like, ha in order to look at the other players, player, if you want to call them, cards, mm -hmm. and then look back at your cards, like, hitting, like, W and S all the time, because I wasn't yeah. using the controller. I was like, this is dumb. But then I realized you can do it with the scroll wheel. Yeah, Because that kind of game I just want to play almost entirely with the mouse if I can. Yep. Like, if it's going to give me the option, but yeah. it's a minor nitpick. It just, it doesn't tell you that you can use the scroll wheel. You just kind of figure it out on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, yeah, that game's weird. I have a feeling we're going to talk about it more today. But uh, it's, it's cool. I definitely want to play more of it. Um, have you uh, finished a run, so to no. speak? No. Okay. But I've only done... I've only failed twice, I think, so far. Okay. <clears throat> the last time was kind of frustrating, because my first run, I felt like, went on pretty long. Yeah. And the second one ended pretty abruptly, and, like, I felt like it was purely an RNG problem. Like, I got garbage cards, and I went up against an opponent with, like, like, it was immediately, like, 
having my scale weighed down without having any sort of defense or offense. Yeah. So I felt kind of screwed and I was kind of pissed about that. Yeah. That generally speaking, I'm very good at finding like how to make the most out of a shitty situation in these card games due to playing magic, the gathering so much back in the day. But especially early on when you don't have that many cards in your deck, yeah, um, it can get kind of dicey pretty quickly. I mean, I encountered that like, like I did play. I had a like a period of time where I couldn't really sit at the computer and play games in the summer, and I played a lot of the Magic: The Gathering Arena game on mm-hmm. my iPad, and like. I felt like I won way more than I should have won because I had like nothing for cards in my decks, but I just like, I don't know. I feel like I understand how to game the system in that kind of, in that environment. And I'm trying to figure that out with this game. There are like, some... I figured out some, in, some interesting strategies you can use already, but uh, I'm sure it'll only get deeper because they keep are... throwing in new mechanics. Well, and there are some interesting things that you will come across that will downright break the game if you if you get the good RNG or if you figure it out early enough. So, um, yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's one of the off-putting things for me personally about a lot of uh, rogue light and rogue-like kind of games is mm-hmm. getting screwed by things that are out of my control because a person like me by nature wants to be in control of things. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I hope you stick with it. Um, and, uh, it might be fun to do a spoiler cast on that one. Cause I feel like regardless of whatever conversations we have about it here, there's a lot of stuff that I can't even talk about with it. Cause I don't want to spoil it for anybody who might be interested. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Like story related or like mechanic related or both? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All of the above and neither, <clears throat> none of the above. Well, do we want to jump into our top fives? Sure. Yeah. You want me to start? I don't start? remember. I never remember how we do this. I'll, so, I'll preface I this by saying that I have only beaten two of the five games on my list. <laughs> I didn't do that count. Let me see what, what that count like, is like for Like completed um, at least one run of each of them. Same here, actually. I beat four of the five. Whoa, overachiever. <laughs> Why don't you go be on a uh, horror movie yearbook yeah. instead of this <laughs> podcast? Go join those guys since you're. I don't so achieve enough there. Good at I your wanna, games. I gotta stay here so that I. How stay, many games didn't make your it. list that you beat? Huh? Or did you like? How you many know? games didn't make the list that I beat? Yeah. Uh seventy. <laughs> Too many. Three. Oh, no. Three. <laughs> So yeah, the ones, anyways, so most of the ones that I finished are the ones that I liked. Um, but in, in in all reality, like the the three games that I didn't beat, like I do intend on playing them more when mm-hmm. I have opportunity. But that's few and far between. I feel like 
John and I need to make another side quest that's just Midwest game bums where we just talk about games we played two minutes of and then never fucking played again. <laughs> I did plenty of that too. <laughs> like I've got plenty of those on my the, list of games. The Midwest Game Turds podcast. <laughs> I mean, that one should just be about games that suck really bad, <laughs> or games you play while you shit. <laughs> oh, that that actually would be an interesting podcast. There was a category in our game of the year. At one yeah, point. best best toilet, best top toilet game. game. Yeah, have to be recorded. No webcams from the toilets of our houses. <laughs> yeah, they're just recorded on Instagram Live. <laughs> Oof, <laughs> from the neck up. <laughs> it seems more like TikTok material, but I refuse to deal with that. Yeah, no, don't. It's owned by the Chinese government, and it's stealing all your information. Anyways. Of course. Um, yeah, number five for me is Outriders. I fully intend on coming back to this game. I did enjoy it. It is fun to play with other people. Um, and I do want to check it out since they've done the update, so... Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I really, I'm pumped to, uh, to revisit this at some point, but that still needs to be figured out as to when. So Outriders is my number five. All right, Brian. Um, I kind of shuffled things around last second just because I was indecisive, (laughs) but I'm going to go with five Outriders as well. Ah, nice. I had it in another spot, but ultimately, I think this is where it belongs, and it makes it easier for us to talk about. That makes sense. I feel the same way as John. (laughs) Like, it was a cool game, didn't play enough of it to know for sure whether it was, like, higher than fifth position. But, like, it was probably one of the most surprising games of the year, in a way, because it, like, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Like, I kind of just expected it to be kind of like a It could have just been February filler, like, who cares? People don't have anything to play right now. Didn't it come out in April? Sure, yeah. Yeah, it got delayed from February to April now that I think about it, yeah. Anyways. um, April filler, people don't have things to play. I just assumed mechanically speaking, like, and loot-wise, it would just be kind of more generic than it was like Mm -hmm. the, the abilities and stuff, the character classes were really interesting and they had, that's what sucked me into it in the first place was just watching the character videos that they were releasing ahead of the launch to show you like, these are the different classes. This is how they play together. Like them doing that is what hyped me up about the game was to see like that, that synergy between the different classes. It was very cool. Yeah, like they they did a really good job marketing that game. Like it never it never felt hyped up, but it's still like the what hyping they did do was like necessary to like build it to where people wanted to care about it more. I think so. Yeah, Zach, yeah. Zach's in the chat with us. He's taught, he said slowing time and shooting people with shotguns in that game hasn't given me more satisfaction since playing Vanguard and Mass Effect. And <laughs> I agree. Yeah, like a lot of those. Uh, like the the effects that you get from the different classes, the powers that you can use. I think they put can consideration into it. Maybe not as good as like, I don't know. I guess we didn't play enough for me to figure out if they combined well in, in a lot of ways, which they is do. one of the strengths that Anthem had one, one of the many. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope at some point we, we play some more outriders cause uh, it sounds like it's got a lot of stuff going for it right now, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex, what about you? Or Brian, do you have more you want to say about Outriders? Or are you good? 
Um, not really. That's good. Okay. okay. Alex, number five. My number five is Resident Evil Village. Okay. Um, Expected that higher up on your list in, for some reason. Well, but. and here's what I'll say. In a stronger year, it might not have even made the list. Um, or in a year where I'd played more video games in, in reality. I think it's uh, I think it's fun. I don't know that it's ever going to be one of my favorite Resident Evils, uh, but I had a good time with it, and um, and it changed things up in an interesting way. I think it's interesting that like Resident Evil Seven is more like Resident Evil One, and Resident Evil Eight is more like Resident Evil Four, in terms of like how survival horror slash action like each of those games is. Yeah, um, and I tend to prefer the like stressing out over the fact that I only have seven bullets left, then I prefer the, like, I need to use all seven of these bullets on one particular monster. <laughs> um, that side of the equation. So, but in in the end, like, even from a story standpoint, the game is pretty, like, take it or leave it. Um, but I, I just still had a good time with it. So that's why it's number five and not any higher. Right on. Um, <clears throat> my number four is Returnal. Um, I did enjoy this game. I heard that they have added save states, which makes it more intriguing for me to come back to. Well, you um, can you can say you can now save your stuff so you can close the game without losing your save. Yeah, you cannot like save and then go back to that save if you mess up. That right. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, because I, I there were a couple of runs I was in the middle of, and then the, the console updated and Same. ruined it for me. Yep. So, <laughs> But the story of Returnal is really cool. The gameplay is, is very cool. It's very pretty. Um, it, I'm pretty sure, like, the ray tracing is the main feature of it graphically because the way all the light bounces off of shit in that game is in, insane. Insane. It just it looks so cool, and it's very much a... Uh, because it's Housemark, right? That's the company. Yep. Yeah. And and they did Resogun. Mm-hmm. And Resogun, who, for those who haven't played, is like a shooter, like shoot em, shoot em style. Shoot em side up, shoot scrolly side, shooter? Is it side? Yeah, it's kind, kind of side of. scroller. Because it it's was like the cylinder. rotating yeah, yep. cylinder. Um, I don't know what you call those games necessarily. But Returnal is very much that, but in like a third person format. And it's, it's interesting to see the blending of genres in that way yeah, and have it be done so well by a studio that used to produce indies, you Mm -hmm. know, and now they're just blowing stuff out of the water. Yeah. Whatever engine they used in that game, I don't remember, but it's, it's sick. The, The game's very cool. It's got cool music, cool atmosphere, cool story, cool gameplay, fun controls. The, the use of the, the PS fives, uh, new, fancy ass haptic feedback triggers and shit is very cool. Um, yeah, just all around very good game deserves to be on the list. I think so. Cool. Yeah. Returnal number four, Brian, what you got? Um, is this the full title? Dark pictures anthology presents house of ashes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't put the presents when I wrote it down on my oh, list I don't of know. things somewhere, but anyway. 
Um, yeah, House of Ashes, uh, that was a surprise one for me, too. Like, I, I didn't even realize that these games were being made, to be honest, and <laughs> or who was making them. And this is the third in the Dark Picture anthology. I have since played Man of Medan as well, which was the first one in that anthology. Um, yeah, same... Uh, was it Supermassive? Or yes, no? Supermassive Games. There's... That. Makers of Until Dawn. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So Until Dawn, obviously, we loved that game. And uh, House of Ashes is like a smaller scale version of that in a way. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun, like narrative adventure game. Um, nothing groundbreaking. I do feel like the being able to take turns playing different characters uh like either couch co-op or online is a really cool addition um mm-hmm. and it just it's pretty like well it's very polished like there wasn't any bugs that i encountered and that i can recall and like it actually has a difficulty slider for shitty quick time events which or something you just need in those games, but I've never been a fan of personally, but yeah. they make it tolerable and the story was just cool and it was fun and yeah, looks great. Again, not groundbreaking, but it's definitely one of my favorite experiences this year. So there we go. Nice. Cool. My number four is death loop. Cool. Um, Deathloop, I think this could have been higher on my list if I had enjoyed the story more. I liked a lot of the world building, but I think the twists and turns that they try to pull on you ultimately don't amount to much. Um, But the game design is so good. That's why it's like definitely in my top five. Um, You know, I know that uh, having not played as much of the... uh, Dishonored games that there's probably a lot more to appreciate in their game design, but I think this game, even from fans of that game, I feel like this, I feel like Deathloop has a lot more considered to it in terms of like how they structured it and how it works. Um, and I find it pretty fascinating. I think it'd be fascinating to hear like GDC talks on how they designed this game and came up with it and made it all work. Um, but yeah, I, I just wish the story was a bit stronger. So my number four is death loop. Sweet. Uh, number three for me is far cry six. Uh, I do need to go back to this very badly. Uh, cause I still need to get the wiener dog named chorizo. You don't just get that out, right? Like, no, you, you have to, hell? you have to find him in the world and pet him. Like he's in one of the towns that you visit <laughs> at some point and you befriend him by petting him and he becomes your homie. I need you um, to tell me if at all ever anything bad happens to Chorizo. I mean, I'm sure it's like any other Far Cry animal companion that if something bad happens to them, like they just, you can get them back later. But if there's somehow. like a death animation, I can't do it. I can't play the game. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. know. I mean, he's already yeah. a wiener dog with like wheelchair legs. So yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly yeah. he's had back issues at some point. I know. I Which is, it's funny. They, him. they, He's animated as like a puppy wiener dog. Like he looks like a puppy. He's got yeah. the shorter snout and everything. So I don't know if that was intentional or not, but, mm. um, or they just don't know what an adult wiener dog actually looks like. Who knows? 
Uh, they all look like puppies. <clears throat> yeah, I mean they're not they're not specialists like we are. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I want to go back to this because like I like Far Cry games and I I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of Five. I tried to like it. I know Nick loves it. Um, I for I some reason it. just couldn't get into it. <laughs> Four was a hard one to get into as well. Three I loved, and then uh, what what was the the Stone Age one? Uh, Primal. Primal. Yeah. Primal had its moments, but it was so dumb. Um, <laughs> but I like this. This one feels feels better for some reason. I don't know. They, I feel like maybe they finally caught their stride with how they wanted these games to play because like the mechanics of it see, feel really good. Um, I really like the like you almost have like a super in it because you have your your missile launcher on your back that you can use, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, it just like it just feels good. It has good narrative. Um, the gameplay just it plays like a Far Cry game, but I don't know. Some of the stealth action feels a little bit better. The cars feel like cars do in every Far Cry game. Um, but overall, like it just it it just works a little more for me than the last two did. So um, I definitely want to go back and play more. And I put it I put it on again. These these three games here in the bottom half of of my list are all games that I did not beat, mm-hmm. and I need to go back and play them more because I like I do enjoy them and got got some enjoyment out of playing them at the time I just life man <laughs> like I, got, yeah. I don't know how else to say it like <laughs> yep no I think we all get it but yeah uh, Far, Far I, Cry 6 I have a question about Far Cry Primal on our 2021 yeah. game of the year a game mm-hmm. from 2018 was there ever like um what was there like a machine gun or Uzi equivalent like, did you ever like upgrade your arm enough to like throw seventy spears in like thirty <laughs> I, I seconds? I don't. Or? I don't recall getting that at any. Did they point. give you smaller spears that you could like whip out? Yeah, they're about explosive. Spears. They had like little toothpick sized spears <laughs> that I could throw very like, quickly. Very sharp arrowheads on them, but small, yeah. so you yep. could really whip them. All right. Yep. And That's it was like it was like a spitball gun. I just imagine the like like snowball fight in comic form with like the arm in like a circle just yeah. throwing the <laughs> like an elf when he gets like all of the yeah. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. He's throwing all the snowballs in the park at the kids. Yep. Yeah. No, right. nothing nothing like that in Primal that I recall. Maybe later in the game I don't know, maybe like maybe it comes up later in the game. Late late game uh yeah. upgrade. Fair enough. All right, Brian, what's your number three? Um, Valheim. Hmm. Interesting. Honestly, another one of those games I didn't play nearly enough of, I admit. But I played it a lot the first week or two I had it. And I think the only reason I fell off of it is because everyone I was playing with kind of like sped ahead and did everything in the fucking game before (laughs) I could, you know, progress my way through the usual, uh, like upgrade trees and stuff. Is is there anyone you want to call out specifically for that? <sighs> yeah, Gladish. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who's been like MIA in the Discord for like yeah, months yeah. now? <laughs> Charlie, Jim. I hit up Gladish a few times separately to just be like, "Are you alive?" <laughs> yeah. And I've heard nothing. Oh. Last I know, he's he's fine. Need a, I'm sure he's, he's, probably he's been doing a lot. I think he started a new job or something too. So he's and uh, uh, a band. Oh, he's nice. been busy with that. Lame. 
Anyway, yeah, he's actually Play doing occasional video, video game games things. with your American friends. Don't have a life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hear this, so. as Zach is saying in the chat, he was kind enough to make a separate character just so he could play at my snail's pace with me. Yeah. Um, that was sweet of him. But yeah, it, for people that somehow don't know, I feel like m anyone that actually has a PC in games on PC knows what this game is by now because it kind of blew up. But um, it's like a uh, procedurally generated sandboxy, you know, ex exploration and survival game, which there's like a billion of those on Steam. But, and very few of them I actually like, admittedly. Like, I love The Forest, I think partially because it has the weird underlying like horror story going on. And uh, Valheim has a story too, somewhat, I guess. But um, it's it's like you're in like a Viking like purgatory kind of world. It's and um, to progress, you basically have to vanquish like certain like godlike creatures, I guess, to get the next tier of abilities and whatever. And anyways, um, it, uh, what I think sets it apart from most of these other survival games is that the progression is actually like at a reasonable pace and it's not like too absurdly grindy. Um, and like you can build pretty cool, satisfying things just with the basic resources you can find that don't, you know, require you to set up, an entire like factory to produce. And uh, the graphics are like kind of simple, but like very stylized and it's kind of like, it's a beautiful game, even though the graphics are kind of simplistic, it's very weird. Hmm. And, but that works to its advantage because then you can have a lot of crazy physics based things going on at once and not, you know, crash the game like what, something like arc or something that overachieves and tries to make everything look too good um but yeah it's fun and it's definitely fun to play with other people Sweet. and yeah my number three is returnal uh it's the one game on my list that i did not beat um i think i got through <laughs> four of the six worlds or something like that i can't i honestly can't remember not far but, enough um yeah i i do eventually want to go back to it everything john said is true it's beautiful um housemark is awesome and it's cool to see them have success in like a new um game type even if they kind of brought a lot of their arcade shootery leanings over um but no, I, I really enjoyed Returnal. I do want to go back to it. Um and uh it was it was very good. I'm glad that I spent my time with it, even if it was extremely frustrating in a lot of ways. So well, it's a super frustrating game, but it's yeah. very fun. Yep. It, yeah, it's think... mostly frustrating because my own skills don't match up to my expectations mostly. But I think the only reason I didn't pick that up this year now that I actually have a PS5 is that you immediately loaned me demon souls. And that was enough frustration for me <laughs> yeah, for that yeah. period of time. And, uh, I had other things to play that were less frustrating. 
Yeah, I'd be curious to see what you think of it. Unfortunately, that's one of the few games that I bought. Not few, but I bought that one digitally for some reason. I think because I couldn't get like same day pickup on it dig- uh, physically. So, got um, it. I just said screw it and bought it digitally. And uh, I mean, in all good. reality, like digital games are superior because you don't have to change discs. Like <laughs> they also and, install quicker. Like yeah. for me, at least. The other thing that I'm noticing is that like it's kind of pointless to own a disc anymore when like there's updates like that when we talked about vault games like the games that i bought were like Oberdin and hades and they were on a nintendo cart and i mean i'm sure they've gotten a few updates since then but they came out so much later in the game that you know what's on the actual cart is going to be playable right but like returnal on the disc it like everything gets a day one update at this point anyway Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like, I feel like GameStop's still around, but there's a lot fewer of them. And at some point, somebody's going to stop taking used games because people aren't going to want to buy them because, I don't know, consoles won't have disc slots or who knows. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I've, I'm, I kind of go back and forth because I'm like, there's some games that would be good to own a physical copy. There's other games where I'm like, whatever. But yeah, it is nice to not have to get up to change them. <laughs> that's just lazy <laughs> so, yeah. I mean it's not even just the getting up to change the disc thing that's like a pain in the ass it's like you know opening the case and pulling the disc out and then removing the disc from the other machine and putting it in the like finding the case that it needs to go into you know instead of being one of those people who just like I mean, takes a game out of the system and puts it into the box of the game that you're about to play mm-mm, mm-mm. like it, it's just that. I don't know plus like you know like we're saying like they load faster in general, yeah. you know, so I don't know. Yeah, it, like installs like as it downloads, yeah, or whatever it does there. But one of my uh, qualms with it is like I can hear the disk drive. I was like, "What is that?" I thought like yeah. my AV receiver was like humming or something. The, the disk like, drive the is now the loudest part of the console. When yeah. It comes to- I mean, that's good. Yeah. It's still quieter than any iteration of PS4, so... Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, John, what's your number two? My number two is Dark Pictures Anthology House of Asses. Nice. Um, that was the I, this, DLC pack, I did. Right? I beat this game. I beat it. It's it's a game that I beat. Is that why it's number two? Because you beat it. <laughs> um, and well, and not only that, but it, it it was pleasantly surprising to me how much I enjoyed this kind of game because it's not something I would normally play, and I really like the story. And uh, yeah, it's just, it was all around super well done, um, and it makes me want to play the other Dark Pictures games. So that I think is is an achievement in and of itself to to compel me to expand further upon this anthology series is is a good thing so um yeah i just it, it was great really well done uh i'm excited to see where they go with this if they're going to continue to do multiple anthologies or or what their plan is i mean i don't know how well these are selling uh yeah, outside because because you never hear anybody talk about them is the thing like they're it's not like you know I, i'm in the the gaming subreddit and whatnot and i'm in the ps5 subreddit and the ps4 one and like nobody talked about these games at all like at any point so I, I feel like the fact that they have they clearly have like a a tool set and like framework to build these and put them out every year um probably helps cut down costs on it 
I mean, yeah, they have to employ the actors and stuff, and that's that's a whole thing. Yeah, but um, I mean, what's Ashley Tisdale of High School Musical fame really doing in her off time? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, yeah, she probably made like twelve bucks an hour filming that shit or whatever. Yeah, who knows? But but and that's well, I mean, the thing is, that you say it's it's almost like a. It's not like a cut and dry format, I suppose, but like that's the the most extensive part of this process has to be filming multiple iterations of like sequencing, like sequences, mm-hmm. you know, based on decision making and everything. So like Ashley Tisdale's got to go in there and she's got to put on her like black suit with all the white like orbs on it so they can motion cap her entire performance. And she's got to do that for, I don't know, she probably does it for a whole week, I bet and does all of her scenes and things. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's gotta be an extensive process to do all of that, but maybe with, uh, maybe with like all the new unreal stuff, uh, unreal engine five, like, you know, motion capture mapping and like the NVIDIA software that you can use to like actually animate, uh, things in 3d studio max or whatever the hell they, I don't even know what they use anymore. Blender or whatever. Uh, like you uh, like that maybe Maya. that stuff will make all of it easier moving forward i don't know but yeah uh yeah it's just it's uh again this this is a game that i that i beat i did beat it um <laughs> i enjoyed beating it i'd like to beat it some more um by maybe playing some of the other ones um but yeah i uh i'm i'm actually pumped to see the next one in the series because that looked very creepy and cool mm-hmm. Based mm-hmm. off the teaser trailer they gave us at the end of uh, House of Ashes, so maybe maybe that one, uh, depending on when that comes out, um, we can get together in person and play it on the couch. That'd yeah, be that would be cool. And stream it. That would be a good time. Uh, yeah. Could you guys hear the vacuum at all that it just turned on? I heard something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just I didn't curious. know what it was. It could have been anything. Uh. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, Brian, number two. Uh, no, I wanted to say one more thing about oh, okay. Ashes. Um, if you guys haven't looked at the special features section yet, you should. Because I, yeah, I, did, I did watch like the behind-the-scenes stuff, which was really cool. Yeah, I neglected to do that, and then I loaned it out. Um, but then I noticed that part on uh, Madame Dan, and I watched the special features, and it was very interesting. I think it's a really good value added kind of thing. It, it adds to the, to the the cinematic quality of the games in general is giving them this like behind the scenes, at, you know, actor commentary kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, it it's very much like early DVD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but that's cool. Fact, I dig that stuff. I think it's cool. Well, the fact that like the the game, like the yeah, the games maybe only like six to eight hours long if you play it in a straight shot or whatever. If you play it quickly, um, yeah. But they only cost like thirty, forty bucks. Like that's pretty good value in my opinion compared to some of. And considering you know, the replay value to get different yeah. story arcs and things, you know, like you can probably get a good thirty hours out of this if you really did it. You know, True. like all yeah. the collectibles and things that you can or can't find. You know, like. Mm-hmm. It does have replay value if you're one of those collect all types that has to get it, you know. So for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyways, Brian, number two. Um, another game that I still haven't played enough of. <laughs> Back for Blood. The top five games we haven't played enough of. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a uh, very solid. Um, clearly, you know, Left for Dead inspired spiritual successor and um 
nothing wrong with that. I've been wanting one of those since uh, Left 4 Dead 2 came out. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't mess with the formula too much, but it does add enough to keep it modernized and uh, replayable more so than Left 4 Dead even was. Yeah. I guess you could say. I would say the only thing that they stumbled on is the multiplayer versus mode is just not as fun as the original Left 4 Dead one where you would play through a campaign alternating sides between zombies and uh, the uh, survivors. But Back for Blood is like, I mean, like the set pieces are bigger and crazier and it's just it, it actually it's a very smooth running game considering how much is going on and like there's a whole uh collectible card skill system that they implemented that seemed like a bit much and unnecessary when i first played it in beta but it's actually one of the best parts of the game i think because you can like there, there's some RNG to it, like based on like what, because you get a new card pretty much from your deck that you build, like every, at the end of every level. And uh, they all are active for the whole campaign. Like once you have a card, it's active for the rest of the campaign, unless you die or wipe and have to start over or whatever. Are but, the um, cards expendable like they were in like a Titanfall or is it just... No. Like equipping perks kind of thing. It's like a perk system. Okay. Just curious. So, like, you get, like, I mean, over the course of the game, if you get, like, 10 plus to stamina cards or whatever, then you can basically sprint forever, you know? That's awesome. And it, it's cool. But there's, like, ones that can make your, the way you play your character more unique, like getting health from, like, melee kills and doing like you getting an extra move where you can like power lunge at people and hit them and uh, stuff like that. So you can kind of, you can customize the decks based on how you want to play. It's just a matter of like unlocking and finding, having a collection to play with basically. It's nice. It, It gives you something to work toward and it gives you different ways to play. And I, the only, I would say the other place that it stumbles is the difficulty curve is like insane. Like the first level of difficulty is fine and oftentimes too easy, but you turn it up one notch and there's only like three difficulty levels right now. Um, it's just absurdly hard. Like, I don't even know how people play the the final difficulty level, but they're just better than you. I mean, left for dead was kind of similar. Like I can't say I ever made it far playing on realistic, but, uh, that's, that's a whole other thing. Yep. But yeah, pretty cool. I would like to play more of it. I, I've never finished a full campaign playthrough, which is sad. Yeah, I should. Uh, it's on my list of. It's my. It's one of my disclaimer games. Like I, I installed it and never once booted it up because uh, that's how Game Pass works. You pay a lot of money, and then you can install as many games as you want, and you never even have to play them. The mm-hmm. game is installing them and then yeah. uninstalling them. The game is figuring out why the Xbox client doesn't work for me ever, and I have to like do something different to make it allow me to download a game 
every single time. It's because they the know real... you're a Sony fanboy. <laughs> they put me mm-hmm. on the third tier of service. Yeah, they're like, they're like just knock this guy down a peg. He's never going to fucking love Xbox. Don't bother. <laughs> um, all right. My number two is Inscription. Uh, I came close to never even picking this game up, but I heard so many people talking about it, mostly on like Waypoint, I think. And, um, the conversations they were having around it were so intriguing that I had to check it out and it's fantastic. It's so good. And it's made by like a dude and it's (laughs) basically making me want to go and check out his other games as well. His name's Daniel Mullins, I think. He also came out with like the hex and a couple other things, but um, I've not played anything like Inscription before, and uh, it's it's so good. It makes me happy that Zach is checking it out because, and you you as well, Brian and John, you just bought it too. But um, I like think literally the- before we started recording, <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I think the more people that play it, the better. Like it's just so. It's so fun and interesting and cool and uh could he make an, a multiplayer like versus mode for people? Like could that be a thing? Cuz I know you said it's all single player. I think I think there that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Cuz I thoroughly enjoyed playing like Hearthstone with Brian and occasionally yeah. getting the opportunity to whoop his ass, but he would usually just kick mine. Um but that's it's always fun to play those sorts of games like with each other. Yeah, I think you'd have to like balance it out a lot more. Like it would need to balance very differently because I as I said, I think when you the later on you get in some of those runs, you could just have so many different broken mechanics in your deck that are awesome and it's great to be like overpowered and just ruin somebody in like two turns. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know how he could do that, but uh, he has said that the he's basically like because of the game's done so well, he's going back to Inscription to make a way that people can play the game endlessly. So uh, it may not be it may not be multiplayer, but it'll have you can continue building your deck and keep going. Yeah, like randomized like bosses or whatever. Yeah, however that's gonna work. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that works, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love it. It's so good. And, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Brian finishes it. Hopefully John, you finish it at one point when you check it out. Um, but you probably, you know, you're going to install it like I do and then not play it. Cause it's great. It's I don't awesome. know if it sucks me in, I'll make time for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Like I'll figure out a way to like make time. That's and that's not to say that some of these other games like didn't suck me in per se, but it's just like you know yeah. priorities, man. <laughs> I can't I can't remember how it happened for me exactly, but I feel like like Waypoint's been doing a lot more streaming, and they had two of the people that are regularly on their podcast but hadn't played the game yet they bought it and were playing it for an audience and watching them play it. They played it very differently for me because they were very considered in their moves and they would like discuss them with each other. And they like Mm -hmm. very much like min maxed the game, which is, it's very fun to watch, but like their playthrough altogether took like probably two times the amount of time that it took me to finish the game completely. 
So it's <laughs> it's interesting to to see like it was a lot of fun to watch someone else play Inscription and then also play it myself yeah. just to kind of see. Um, but yeah, I would I would recommend trying it out yourself first, and you know if uh, for some reason you play it and you're like this is cool but i don't really get it play it some more but then maybe look up a little bit more about what happens in the game and yeah so it's it's great and it's my number two inscription it's six dollars on the epic game store until january 6th so please pick it up it says 1659 or whatever you get a ten dollar off coupon when you go to buy it yeah six dollars so um yeah, I feel like that would have made my list if I had time to play more of it. That's fair. But That's fair. I couldn't really justify putting it up here when I only played it in one sitting for like an hour. Yeah. Not yeah, even an hour, probably. <laughs> that happens. But uh, no, yeah, we should we should do a spoiler cast or something on it when a few of us have finished it. So Cool. Okay, number one, Anybody, any guesses? Honestly, no. <laughs> I bet if I if I had been thinking about it through this whole time, maybe I could figure it out. But I don't. I don't know what's going to be your number one. It's uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, wait, wrong year. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's uh, my number one is Maquette. Nice. Uh, it's uh, nice. for those who don't know, it's a PS5 puzzle game. I don't remember who made it. I just remember the impact that this game had on me. Uh, it was, it's a game about a breakup, um, and it's all based on this puzzle world where, um, there it's, it's like nesting versions of the same world. You have a small version in the center and then you're in a normal size version. And then there's a large version outside of that. And it may end up being that they extend beyond further into even larger versions of the game world, but everything you manipulate in the small world in the center also manipulates in the larger versions outside of it. Mm. And as you're moving pieces around and changing things, all of the versions of the world will alter as well. Um, there's really cool music. There's a good narrative and voice acting in it. Um, the music specifically, I remember there was a couple of songs that played. I don't remember the name of the band, but yeah. I just remember the songs being like, this is a really, really good, really well-written song and trying to like seek out the artists from it. And they're like, I don't think they have an album necessarily, but I remember there being playlists on YouTube and music and Spotify of people who made the music playlist of maquette. So, uh, it's a very cool game and I just, I beat it. I really enjoyed it again. Not a game that I ever would have picked up otherwise, but it was a free PS plus game at the time. And, and it had, you know, PS five really didn't have much of anything to play. <laughs> so it was yeah. like, it was something different and um yeah there's a lot of really cool like puzzle mechanics in it uh in points where like you have to drop something in the small world into a space and then which you have to run as fast as you can in the normal size world to get before a door closes and things like that it's but it's all affected within these like you know, mac micro and macro cosms that you're living within in this like puzzle world, and it's it's just very cool. And uh, it it I still think I think about this game like probably more than I than anybody should. I guess I don't know. Like I, again, the music had a huge impact on me, but just the general remembering how the story and narrative like affected me emotionally uh, was very 
um, different. I don't feel like I've ever had a game like do that to me necessarily. So no, no Alex's tears or John's tears, <laughs> but it was, uh, it's very, it just, it, it very, um, it, it was just, yeah, very, very well put together puzzle game that I thoroughly enjoyed. And if anybody has a chance to check it out, please do. Cause I think you probably feel the same way. Nice. Maquette is made by Graceful Decay. It was their debut game, and it's published by Annapurna Interactive. It's currently $12 on the uh, Steam store. It's also on PS4, PS5. Uh, 40% off until January 5th on Steam. That's a good deal, because you'll probably get... I think it's not that long of a game. I think it's maybe three to four hours, like depending on how good you are at puzzle solving. Yeah. Yeah, but, highly dependent on that. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. fun. It's very fun. A very cool game. Maquette probably would have made my top ten if we did a top ten. Yeah, for sure. Cool, Brian. Number one. Um, I can't tell you how tempted I was to cheat the system on this one <laughs> because the most enjoyable game I played all year. Didn't technically come out this year, but the Final Cut version did. And that would be... No. <laughs> actually not. It does start Sorry. with a D, though. <laughs> no, I know. I <laughs> I know what it is. I know what you're speaking of, but no. I yeah. saw the opportunity and I had to take Just it. To, I'm, I'm still going to cheat the system and give a quick shout out to Disco Elysium because that basically... I think that's the reason I wasn't that into any other games this year. Because it was just so fucking good. It and all peaked there. The writing in it is so good that like everything else just seemed like child's play in comparison. And just, <laughs> but ultimately, that's not my number one because it didn't really come out this year. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Death Loop because that was probably the only game I played this year that I was kind of obsessed with. Like, I, I really wanted to play it every day until I was done with it. You were thinking about it after you put it down? Yeah, because it had such interesting mechanics and, like, world building, and uh, it was fun. Um, and, oh yeah, as Zach said, also Mass Effect Legendary Edition technically came out this year, so obviously that would beat everything. <laughs> but... Um, but uh yeah, Deathloop was a treat. Like it ended up being like more interesting in some ways than I expected. Just the way the like playing through every day scenario happened. Like I thought I would every once in a while I would kind of get s- tired of going through levels that I had seen before, but there's just so many cool things to discover and so many different ways to approach working your way through a level that like it, it doesn't really like if it does feel like it starts to get old, they kind of throw something at you that makes it interesting again, or, you know, you get a new ability or whatever. Or or Juliana pops in and wrecks your shit. Yeah. Julia. Yeah. I had to shut the uh, human invasion thing off at some (laughs) point because people were playing Juliana at like levels that I just didn't understand you could do on a PlayStation with a controller Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is stupid. Yep. <laughs> but it was a cool idea. I tried doing the invasion thing myself, like playing it. Um, yeah, I tried and, it once and got murdered, and I was yeah. like, this isn't fun. Then I never tried it again. I was very bad at it. 
all I wanted to do is invade your game and I could never line up our play times <laughs> in order to do that. I, I wanted so bad to interrupt your final run. <laughs> I was just going to like log in just for that, but no, I didn't, I didn't end up doing it. Um, I do agree with you though. Like it's not enough to detract from my overall experience of the game to the point where I wouldn't put it on this list, but like the story overall was unrewarding mm-hmm. at the end. And I mean, probably before it even finishes, you kind of, you know, what's going on somewhat. And like, it's, there's just too much weirdness going on. Yeah. Like pseudo incestual weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't really like that. Like the banter and stuff was fun at first. And then once you understand everything, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's just, yeah. The story could have definitely been better, especially considering, like, I enjoyed the Dishonored stories quite a bit, um, and I feel like they, they kind of dropped it, the ball with this one. They certainly seem to want to be more campy in this one, and I think they achieved that. It just makes it feel kind of slight in the end, and I feel like it could have been more meaningful in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, that's fair. That's that. All right. What's my number one? Uh, Metroid Dread. Yeah, Metroid Dread, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Metroid Dread is incredible. The fact that we got another Metroid game this year from Nintendo after... It's a sequel to a game that came out in 2002. (laughs) And it was incredible it's great it honestly could be my favorite in the series in the in the way that it plays and it feels and how pretty it is and it's just so good i there's no other game that could be at the top of the list this year for me because it's just it's great and i had a great time going through all of the other metroid games leading up to it i wish nintendo made it easier for people to do that ahead of time but um you know there's been some complaints about the difficulty of Metroid Dread, and, and I feel like if you run the gamut through Metroid 1 all the way through Fusion, you're kind of like, you know what you know what you're going to get yourself into, and you understand a little bit more about, you know, some of the boss difficulty or where people are getting stuck and thinking that they're soft-locked when really they just need to, like, shoot something that might obviously break stuff like that i think uh it's a great game it it just um it very much feels like a metroid game but it also feels very new and fresh uh and i i'm i'm glad i and i didn't know it was even coming like we didn't know that like a new metroid game was coming this year until this year other than Metroid Prime 4, which is still out there somewhere. but It's really what Nintendo needs to do for everything, because then they will stop disappointing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they probably learned the lesson from Metroid Prime like 4. Every, every like, every fucking game developer. Let's not just single out <laughs> Nintendo. Like, if they all just, like, yeah. held off on announcing shit, like, it, they would just be in a better place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And uh, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it came out this year. And, uh, you know, I'm glad it's gotten, it's one of the best selling Metroid games that's ever existed at this point. So that's awesome. And it's a worthy, worthy, worthy 
cap to the end of the Metroid story is what they what they've been saying. It's not not necessarily the final Metroid game, but like in terms of actual Metroids, I think they've said like this is the last game where actual Metroids will be of concern to the story. So yeah, Metroid Dread. Cool. Um, games I'd wish I'd played in 2021. Yep. Uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. I really wanted to play that and I didn't. Um, Fist, or however, whatever the acronym ends up being. Forged in Shadow Torch or something? Something like that, yeah. And then Jet the Far Shore, which I feel like snuck up on us. I didn't even realize it was coming out this year. And then it did out of nowhere. And yeah. Yeah. So. Same. Definitely wanted to play those three. What about you, Brian? Um... Really, I just kind of wanted to play more of everything that I bought or downloaded on Game Pass. That's fair. Um, but there were a couple other games. Uh, I kind of wanted to check out Chivalry 2. Didn't get around to that. I might still pick it up, but I'm not Chivalry sure. Chivalry is dead. And uh, Griftlands, which is something Zach suggested, actually. But it, it it's a it's like piquing my interest even more now because of playing Inscription because it's a collectible card kind of game you know mixed with other stuff. Um, and I don't know, Resident Evil Eight looked pretty cool, but I feel like I should play Resident Evil Seven first since I already have that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Um, I had a whole bunch of games. I already mentioned like Battlefield or no Back for Blood. I kind of wish I'd played some Battlefield, but not really because it seems like nobody's like super happy with it. We um, enjoy it. There's a few other things like um, Tales of Arise. I heard was great. Cana Bridge of Spirits is one that I'm just curious about. Brian, you talked about Sable. I didn't check that out, even though it's on Game Pass. Um, Jet the Far Shore for sure. Oh, apparently It Takes Two is something we all should have It Takes too. Two is one that's a big blind spot for, for all of us. Um, so would like to check that out at some point. Uh, Lone Echo 2 is a VR game that I wish I could play, but I don't want to pay Oculus or be in that ecosystem at all. Uh, and for the same reason, I haven't been able to check out the Resident Evil 4 Um VR that they put out this year that other people have been saying is also quite good. Um, yeah, so those are bummers. Lone Echo Two is probably really cool based on like I played the demo for the first one when I had my Oculus and it was pretty ridiculous. I never played the first one either, so that's also technically and it also had a free multiplayer mode, which was also super cool because it was in zero gravity. Yeah. Um, but the game, the games for sure that I really wish that I had played, including It Takes Two, uh, the Artful Escape is out on Game Pass. I think it's another Annapurna game that uh, I think would be cool. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd played any Halo Infinite, um, but I haven't <laughs> yet. There's just too much other Halo to play before that. Uh, before Your Eyes is an indie game that uses your webcam, webcam, and every time you blink, you change the scene. Whoa. So I really want to check that out. Um, I bought it. I just haven't played it yet. Boomerang X is another indie game. I think it's first person and you throw a boomerang and you can click one button to pull it back to you or you can click another button to go to your boomerang. Um, 
and I heard that's pretty sweet. And then The Forgotten City, which is up on uh, Xbox Game Pass, and was born out of a um, Skyrim mod, I believe, that a lawyer created back in the day. <laughs> and then he quit and made it a full-time, made a full-time job out of making a game out of it. Uh, it sounded very cool. So, yeah. So we run through the the rest of the superlatives. Yeah, let's do it. Best free game, Maquette. <laughs> yeah, it was free for me. <laughs> I I would have listed that as well, uh, but I, it, I I felt like that was a bit of a cop out because it's PlayStation Plus. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Best free game. Halo Infinite, all the way. Multiplayer, also, also a cop out, but okay. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. You don't oh, even need Game Pass for okay, the multiplayer. Never mind. You, you can get you, it on Steam. You adjusted your, uh, yeah, your statement. Uh, and also, I played some of the campaign for Halo Infinite, which is free through Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't get the reward here, like real okay. award. Sorry, um, Halo Infinite multiplayer is my most enjoyed and most played multiplayer game this year. To be honest. Like, I just love playing that game and also hate it at the same time because <laughs> people are really good. And I'm, like, good most of the time, but uh, sometimes really fucking bad. So Fair enough. Uh, Pokemon Unite is the only actual free game that I really played this <laughs> year, so I put it on there. It's fun. It's fine. I still don't want to play any Dota or Dota-type games, but... It's solitaire. There. So yeah, solitaire. All right. Uh, biggest letdown, John. Bio mutant, hundred percent. Mm, it's a good. I answer. feel really let down by that game. Uh, I was pretty pumped on it, and it was not. It just did not pan out for me. Uh, again, another like, a game that has had an issue, like really sinking its teeth into me. I just never really felt that I. It clicked. It just which sucks because I. It's a very very good looking game it has a lot of good things going on but it definitely let me down yeah big time so fair enough brian biggest letdown biggest letdown um honestly it felt like this year was kind of a letdown in <laughs> video games because it's it hard to get super excited about things but um <laughs> um I guess if I had to pick one, maybe Age of Empires 4, just because I don't even think the game's bad. It's just like... It didn't hook you as much as you wanted. I thought I would be into it, and it's just, it did not really hook me. Makes sense. That's all. My biggest letdown is Solar Ash. I talked about it on the last episode, but being from the developer of Hyper Light Drifter, I really wish like it should have just been a game that I needed to play and finished immediately, but um it's enough of a change up. It's not what I expected it to be and so my expectations are probably my fault, but also on top of that like the time attackiness of it is disappointing. So yeah, Solar Ash. Cool. Uh, best ongoing game, I gotta give it to Rainbow again, just because it's the only ongoing game I've played all year. <laughs> Did you play it all year? A I'm couple of times. There were, there were a couple instances where we played. The, it was few and far between, but it did happen at least a few times. Yeah. No. I, I'll i give it to Rainbow. I put down Outriders, but it's not really 
truly a live service. So correct. You know, the last random. time I played it was June twenty third of twenty twenty one. Damn. So check mine. Okay. Ryan, what about you? Three hundred sixty nine point two hours of playtime in Rainbow. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to go with Destiny two because they actually had a good year putting out good content for that game. That's like your opinion, man. Despite the fact that the expansion Destiny, got... Destiny, <laughs> Destiny, Destiny, <laughs> You're the same game you used to be. Okay, sorry. Pretty cool. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh yeah i'll put rainbow slash outriders but rainbow yeah does outriders count is it ongoing kind no of? technically know. no i mean they added a thing to it it's kind of ongoing you yeah know? i guess but uh i think officially no so yeah um best indie title maquette i'm gonna give it to that too because I think that's the only indie title I played. Yeah, that's fair. Brian? Uh, I put Inscription just because, well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Inscription is the clear winner for me there, but um, because I like to use the the superlatives as a as like an additional bonus, um, Death's Door is what I, where I'm going to put Death's Door. I, cool. I think it's a lot of fun. I really like the music, and uh, and it really only solidified for me yesterday, honestly, as I played more of it. So, yep. Uh, most infuriatingly fun game. Uh, I I don't really have one f- that came out this year necessarily, so I'm just gonna give it to PGA twenty two K twenty one because it has twenty twenty one in the title. I, have yeah, I was going to say you. it came out last year. You have one for me? I have one that you're probably going to change to. It's also mine. What? Returnal. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's infuriatingly fun. Uh, but I, I wanted to like, yeah, no, we can, yeah, we can switch mine to Returnal. Well, you don't that, have to. That works. I'm just saying, I think, I, I think it's also, it's infuriating. It's, it's also absolutely fun. infuriating it can, because it, I mean, you, like you can get in like a groove and then you get hit one time and it just fucks your entire groove. Like, cause you, you, you find your rhythm, you find your flow, you're doing your thing. You're, you're jumping over all the attacks and everything. And then out of nowhere, just some stray shot just pings you and fucks up all your multipliers and everything. And you're just like, why? And then you, you just throw your controller down at the ground and, and you raise your fists in the air and you scream, no! Yeah, it, it could fit in just the infuriating category. But I also yes. like it enough that I think it's fun, too. They might not be... It might not be fun because it's infuriating, like some of our past games in this category, but... Anyway, yeah. Brian? I feel like that game needs, like, a... The way you're describing having a rhythm and stuff, it should have, like, a DDR-style input device... <laughs> uh, maybe not <laughs> with the way some of the bolt like the the enemy shots like come at you they could be displayed as like key presses and things yeah, um, interesting. 
I'm going to go with Battlefield 2042. Mm. One infuriating thing is I thought literally everybody was going to be playing this game and <laughs> I barely have anybody to play with. Mm-hmm. Just like Zach and and Zach. And, <laughs> and it's really, I feel like it got a bad rap for not much of a reason like I, battlefield 4 was in worse shape when it came out and everybody's talking about how great battlefield 4 is still which isn't actually one of my favorites but yeah but i feel like everybody talks shit about how it was when it came out and then they eventually grew to kind of like it yeah i mean that there was there were a couple weeks. i like how they had to go back like three games to get to battlefield 4 to be like that one was good <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing. Ba- people like Battlefield 4 because it's not Battlefield V and Battlefield 1. <laughs> I think Battlefield 1 was one of the most polished ones. It worked perfectly fine as soon as it launched. The only issue with that one is that there's a lot of people that are addicted to the modern trappings of these games, like having unlockable sites and shit like that, which you yeah. just can't do in a World War One game unless a you're a Call of, of Duty game, in which case you're just like, fuck it, let's have attachments on anything. <laughs> unless you introduce time travel, you know? Oh. Should have just threw that in there. Well, they kind of have that now, because they have Battlefield Portal, which is like an alternate mode in Battlefield 2042, where you can in- mix in shit from Battlefield 1 and like... Bad Company 2 and Battlefield 3, uh, I think 1942 as well. Like, all kinds of shit. And the you sequel can, to that'll be Battlefield Glory Hole. I take it back, actually. Where's I the don't crickets? think there's any Battlefield I, 1 I stuff. It was, I was either going to go with the rim shot or the crickets. <laughs> I couldn't decide, and I was not on the right page because the Destiny thing's on the second page. How about this? There you go. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it can be very frustrating when you get garbage teams and the teams are so big that you basically are left having zero control over the game, <laughs> sometimes even over your own fun. But then when kind it's like going well, it is so fun and it would probably be it would probably go well more often if I played with more people. And uh yeah, it's not that bad, and I feel like people should actually pick it up, because you can actually get it for 30 bucks on the Epic Game Store right now. I was telling John, I ha- I was, I'm still doing the calculus of whether or not I will play it before it actually hits lower than $30, if I were to buy it right now. <laughs> but um, Does the coupon work towards it, or it's $30 yeah. after the coupon? No, it's-, it's $40, and then you use the coupon, so yeah. it's $30. I think, if it was if it was thirty dollars, then you use the coupon and it's twenty. Like I would yeah, probably spring for I, that. Like, I would have bought it already. I there there will be a time where Nick and Gojo buy this game probably for like twenty dollars, and that's probably when I'll end up picking it up. But you know, we'll see. I'll have to talk. Oh, with them. maybe and Nick let's not forget about Christmas. Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's got Anyways. hacker mode though. Uh, somehow the only battlefield game we all played together yeah yeah i said returnal it was like a buddy cop show true (laughs) yeah my most infuriatingly fun game was returnal so we can just move on most infuriating game i'm gonna give to biomutant because it did that thing that i hate where you're 
the game asks you to perform a task and you go to perform said task and it interrupts you to do a fucking cutscene. Mm. I hate that. It drives mm-hmm. me insane. Um, Dark Pictures did that a couple of times too, where it's like, oh, like move over to this area, but like moving to that area is the trigger for the cutscene. But like obviously there's something in that corner that's blinking that you have to like go and touch or read or whatever. I hate when games do that. Drives me insane. But I Bio really. Mutant, Biomutant did it the worst. I really hate in dark pictures where it's like there are collectibles, but if you accidentally move to the next point, you're screwed. You can't go and explore anymore because you yeah. happen to like interact with the thing that is. And you don't know. You don't know that that's gonna. You know. But anyway, it's fine. Brian. Um, I don't know everything. Everything's frustrating to me all Life. the time. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, like, 15 minutes before we were going to record, I yawned while I was stretching, and I pulled something in my shoulder slash back, and I've been in pain the whole time we've been doing this podcast. That's Good way to start the year. Yeah. I hope, I hope that gets better. No, it probably won't for weeks. My most infuriating game is 12 minutes. That game could have been so take good. a lot longer than 12 minutes? No, because it sucked. Like, it's <laughs> such a, it's a cool idea, but the story is such dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the most fun to be had in that game was me, like, when I played it the first five minutes and I flushed everything down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And I took pills and then I woke up again. And I think that's as good as it gets. It's just, it's so bad. Like it could have been like, I'm, I would love for whoever made that game is probably one dude to like sell that engine to somebody and then have them make a good video game out of it. Cause like (laughs) it just could have been so great. And it was so squandered on such a mediocre story. Not even mediocre. It was bad. But anyway. 12 minutes, my most infuriating game. All right. Um, I don't have a best example of an all around good game, but so I'm going to just, I'm going to like kind of change this one up on the fly here that I, I, um, I wish I would have made a best all around good game using game builder garage on the that's, Nintendo switch. That's what I put down for this one. Not oh, for really? the same reason. Yeah. But yeah, game builder garage, I think. Yeah, I, I wish I would have spent more time with this in general, just because like like we've always said, we always wanted to make our own game, and I feel like I, like it would be fun to actually do that at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Like, but and no, the tool set of that game is so much fun, and I think like it's educational and it's fun and it's creative. I think it's very cool. Um, I just I don't know. I feel like my I'm too. I'm too much of a, I want it to be perfect the first time I do it. I want it to be so big, you know, and like great and awesome. But like, I need to focus more on like creating smaller things to really figure it out before doing something bigger. So, um, but yeah, I think Game Builder Garage, best example of an all around good game. It's cool. It's like, it's, it's less of a game and more of a tool set, but I think it's really good. And I think it deserves yeah, a mention sure. here. So, Brian? Uh, guess I'll go with Forza Horizon 5, which I know you guys are probably shocked wasn't even in my top five because these games always seem to make it. 
I was so shocked. You couldn't even tell? Yeah, I could tell. But <laughs> honestly, while it does things well, and uh, I mean, I say best all around just because graphics are great, sounds great, gameplay is great, has multiplayer, has single player, has unlockable garbage, it has dumb events you can do if you don't really like racing, it has story-based things, blah, blah, blah. does a lot of cool shit. But what this one did wrong that none of the other ones, to my memory, did so bad is the bugs in this game when it came out were fucking terrible. That's a bummer. And that's why it didn't get in my top five. Because it kind of ruined my fun. You could actually put it in most infuriating game as well. Because I literally... Did a bunch of like seasonal, like weekly things, and then my progress was erased. And then to make it worse, I, when I tried to redo those things, it wouldn't track my progress. And I've never had that issue with these games before. Also, we couldn't connect playing co op for like the first few days of the game launch. But it seemed overall, like now it seems stable and fine but uh yeah all around pretty i'll good. go back to it again eventually as i always do with those games cool all right i said uh game builder garage so john what's your what's your most ga- game they didn't get or the most underrated from you i gotta give it to maquette again like it i just again no i didn't i don't think i heard anybody talk about this game Mm-hmm. at all in the like other than you telling me like hey you should download this yeah because it's free and it's a ps5 game so i did and i, <laughs> and I love finish it. it in a few hours <laughs> yeah all the magic words no it's a it, total total underrated game like it plays again, itself. nobody nobody spoke about it and i enjoyed it way beyond what i ever expected i would have enjoyed it you know i like it it was it's a it's a great game totally underrated 100 percent. nice brian I don't really have anything. That's fair. Boyfriend um, Dungeon. <laughs> I never ended up playing it, so I couldn't tell you. My oh. most underrated game has uh, an 88 on on Metacritic. It's the Metascore of 88, uh, but it's still underrated because it's Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm. It should have been 100. You're calling an 88 underrated? <laughs> yeah, it's it's lower than it okay. should be. It's underrated. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, if it is the definition. Yeah. I, I guess if you look at uh, Reddit, I, you could say Halo Infinite multiplayer because people are losing their shit about the battle pass system yeah. all the time. And, and it's just like, that's not what the game's about, you know? And it's also free. So who cares? <laughs> There's no pay to win. Like, it is a pure skill based shooter. There's nothing like skill, like, there are no skills to unlock. There are no levels. There are no dumb attachments. It's just everybody's on a level playing field. But yeah, in Battlefield, like Zach said, same thing. You go on Reddit and people just shit on it all the time. Yeah. And there's definitely fun to be had. We had a blast playing when we played for like a couple hours or whatever, a week or so ago. And uh, yeah. Fair. All right, final final category, and we should we should uh, say Zach's top five after this as well. But 
Yeah, yeah. Final category: game that we didn't get or the most overrated. I just I like it doesn't even have to be the most overrated. I'm gonna just call it the game that I like I didn't get. Boyfriend Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, man. <laughs> yeah, that whole genre. I feel like I mean it's a dungeon crawler, but like the virtual novel of dating it all. sim dating dungeon sim, crawler. Yeah. yeah, I mean what the fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Prime. Yeah, did not get it. Don't get it. Still don't get it. Don't know. Uh, if I'm actually picking something that is overrated that came out this year, uh, I don't. I don't know, man. Like everything they talk about on Reddit is overrated. I think. I think the game you didn't get. I think like it doesn't necessarily have to be most overrated, but sometimes you didn't get it and it's overrated. You know. Either way. Yeah. Anyways, what about you, Brian? Um, nothing for this. My answer is Valheim. <laughs> you could put any survival game in there. Actually, I just don't get it. Oh, um, why? Why are we still doing this? I don't know, man. They're fun to some extent because, no, like, the whole crafting thing and like fun. base, like base building is fun. Crafting's not fun. Because base building, it's like, you, build in base. video game, it is, and I'll tell you no. why. Because in real life, it takes a lot of time and resources and energy and money to, <laughs> like, build a base in your backyard. And in these games, like, you can <laughs> you can make whatever the hell you want, <laughs> however you want to do it. And, uh, yeah, like, it's it's a good time, you know? Like, I get the base building aspect. Like, the forest, when we were playing the forest as a crew, that was a lot of fun. We made a really sweet camp. And it had zip lines and shit, and like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that one day we played together. That one day we played for like four hours and made a really cool camp, and then never played again. I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I had fun playing Minecraft when that first came out, but like, I just everything about a survival game is just tiring to me. I'm like, why, why would you do this to yourself? Why would you play a game like that? But anyway, I didn't get it. I I don't. But that's again. I think it's uh like I I don't know if I would ever play a survival game by myself per se, but with other people, especially people you know. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to do that. You know, that's again, fair. the forest was a ton of fun to play as a group. I'd still playing, play the playing forest. it by myself was like difficult. Yeah, I never saw it all the way through, and it drives me insane. And I don't want to do it alone because it's secret. scary. There is no all the way through. No, yeah, there's a, there's actual like it's, conclusion it's to the story. I think treadmill. Anyway, Brian, you thought of something? Maybe do you remember? Um, kind of Psychonauts too, mm. because it is cute and like, I mean, it's polished, it's nice, it's whatever, but it's like, it's like a bland a platformer. <laughs> yeah. The actual gameplay is very dull. And honestly, the sense of humor is a little too kid friendly for me. I love Tim Schafer's sense of humor for the most part, but it's just a little, eh, I don't the, know. It's not for me. The wrong combination of, uh, of things. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I can't talk shit about the game, honestly. I'm just, I feel like. Everybody made it sound like it would be better than it is for me personally. Fair enough. 
All right, Zach's top five. Yep. Number five, Inscription. Mm-hmm. Number four, Outriders. Number three, Wildermyth, which I've never even heard of. I feel like I've heard of it. I don't know much about it, though. Is that no. like a crazier version of Myth, like the point-and-click adventure from back in the day? Yep. Or that's Myst, my bad. Myth was a Bungie RTS. <laughs> I'm going to, real quick, before we move Just on. edit that out. <laughs> 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 the good uh, news two. is in the edit I can cut up I can I can make up the comedic timing so I seem like a genius. <laughs> right, right. Uh Zach's number two is Valheim and number one is Pathfinder Path of the Righteous. And then he said Back for Blood and Battlefield twenty forty two, despite bugs, are my multiplayer mentions. And Mass Effect Legends honorable mention, but cheating. Or Mass Effect Legendary, that's what I meant to say. This is Pathfinder, isn't it Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous? I don't know. I don't know. Is it? Also never heard of this game at all. And other than maybe Zach mentioning it. Was it also the free one that was on Epic recently? No, 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 no. Ooh, That's maybe. a different Pathfinder game, I think. I don't, I don't know. know. Like Pathfinder Kingmaker or something like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, yeah. That's a different Pathfinder game. That's why the Pathfinder part sounded familiar. Yep. Maybe I'll check out Kingmaker. All right. Well, 2021. In the books. Yep. Another shit year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know what our side quest is going to be about, but uh, it should be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to go over some of my favorite things from the year in general. Okay. Cool. Movies, TVs, TV shows, music, food, and otherwise. I think that's my plan. Sounds good. For the side quest. All right. So, you know... If you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch a show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now is a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call SideQuest. Again, we just mentioned that. We're going to talk about our favorite stuff of the year that's outside of video games. Uh, and as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Next time, I'm hoping I can talk about Chorves, also known as Chorus, and maybe a few <laughs> other things. Um, I did pick up Chorves, and I just didn't have a chance to play it. So that's kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, I'll talk about that next time and whatever else happens to pop up in the meantime. Um, yeah, that's all for now. And uh, thanks to Zach and everybody in the chat who had joined. Uh, I mean, Zach's really the only person to talk, but I know there are a few other people watching. Appreciate you guys at least checking us out. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.